Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Probably seen in the in other news outlets a uh, number yeah. of states introducing heartbeat bills. Mainstream and- media. <laughs> I hear it every morning. Yes. I you listen to mainstream media? I listen. I know. I know. I'm just it's easy. It's true. Uh, so <laughs> Missouri is among those states uh, introducing a heartbeat bill. And joining us by phone this morning, Representative Nick Schroer. He's with the Missouri House of Representatives. He's a rep- Republican, represents uh, part of St. Charles County, District 107 in the Missouri House, and was elected to his first term in November 2016. His primary sponsor of Missouri House Bill 126 um, that uh, we also know as the, the heartbeat bill. Mm-hmm. Representative Schroer, thanks so much for being our guest today on the Coffee Hour. Hey, thank you all for uh, all you do and having me on this morning. Absolutely. Tell us uh, tell us about the origin of this House Bill 126. So originally, uh, and I, I said this in the, uh, the Senate committee, the bill started out like all of us, uh, each and every one of us here in Missouri, across the United States and the world, with a simple heartbeat. Uh, and that's all it was, similar to the bill that uh, just got signed into law in Georgia and other states. It started out as merely a heartbeat bill, um, but after given the opportunity to be debated in committee, and then on the House floor, uh, similar to what I'm asking, is giving uh, these heartbeats uh, the opportunity to grow into the individuals like you and I. Uh, The bill grew into what is now known as Missouri Stands for the Unborn Act. And essentially what that would do is um, it it would ban abortions once a heartbeat or brain activity, and brain activity is something that has never been included in uh, legislation in the United States that we're aware of. Um, It would ban that roughly at about eight weeks. But what we ended up doing is we looked at all of the other cases that have thrown out um, similar bills, the heartbeat bills, uh, for whatever reasons. We've looked at the Eighth Circuit for guidance where this would go if appealed. Uh, We've looked at other circuits and included legislative findings in there and tied our legislation to those scientific and legislative findings. So there's a severance package that we have that if the court for any reason throws out the eight-week ban, then it would move it to a 14-week ban. And that's all tied to uh, scientific scientific evidence, uh, judicial findings. If that's thrown out, it moves it to an 18-week ban. And then lastly, if that's thrown out, we're going to force the court to make a decision on a ban at 20 weeks, and that's the late-term uh, pain-capable act. There's some other pieces of legislation that are included in there, um, such as uh, if Roe v. Wade is ever overturned or if uh, these types of situations are, are pushed back and the Supreme Court says, look, the states are to decide what, what is uh, going to occur here, then Roe v. Wade, uh, or abortion rather, is outlawed in the state of Missouri. That's called a trigger bill. There's some other um, pieces of legislation that would ban selective abortions for sex, for race, or even for Down syndrome. So I think overall this is an amazing piece of legislation. Uh, I know the Senate debated their counterpart their their sister bill uh yesterday and i'm hopeful that they're going to bring this bill up uh either today or next week uh, so we can get it done before the next friday deadline where we have to be out of here you mentioned uh governor kemp in georgia uh signing that heartbeat bill uh why why such this the swift action in uh, in multiple states across the country well i think you know you're saying with technology and <clears throat> the way that the internet is now uh allowing us to get into different states and see what's happening when uh, when i filed this this is before new york and virginia took these these you know very extreme approaches 
lit up the night sky when their buildings with pink for Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think now you can see what other states are doing. And uh, I filed this in December. Uh, I think that occurred January or February-ish. Um, and here in the state of Missouri, we took offense to that. We wanted to, to show the world that we do stand for the unborn, that we protect life at all stages, um, but that this piece of legislation was extremely important to us. And I think that's what's happening in other states as well, that they are, they are seeing um, – what has happened in other states, how offensive that is, how extreme it is, and it, uh, it's fueling the fire to actually do something. And here in the state of Missouri, we put our, our minds together. There are many different um, architects, so to speak, to this piece of legislation. But I do thank the uh, uh, leadership in the House, leadership in the Senate for all coming together. And this is something that every single member, every single member uh, of the Republican Party and even some members of the Democrat Party have supported. Well, tell us a little bit more about that, um, you know, the, uh, across the aisle there mm-hmm. that uh, many Republicans on, on board with this, but some Democrats as well. Um, are we seeing that not just in Missouri, but with these these uh, bills in other states as well? Well, in, in, it's, it's a little bit different because um, ours did start out as a heartbeat bill. I just pulled the language. Um, the, the Senate handler of, of my portion of the bill, House Bill 126, is Andrew Koenig. And it's kind of funny. We're all millennials, too. So this, <laughs> And that's another thing that to look at is we have a massive support group of millennials. And I know when I presented this in the Senate, there were a ton of uh, youngsters my age-ish. I'm 33, but we had college-age students coming in um, demanding that the Senate takes this bill up. But, uh, yeah, in other states, I think, you know, we still, despite um, some misconceptions, there is still some John F. Kennedy Democrats in the Democrat Party, even though here in the state of Missouri, the Democrat Party has actually voted uh, in their their party platform to not allow individuals to be pro-life in their party. Uh, I think that was a big mistake. Uh, I think we have more moderates that are coming over that this is a big issue for them. Life, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are, are three things that are ingrained in our founding documents. And those are three things that I support, whether you're in the womb or, you know, at the end of your life. So uh, I, there are still some very common sense members of both both parties and it showed when this got voted out of the House, I think, in March with uh, several Democrat votes as well. You mentioned millennials. I am one of those fellow pro-life yeah. millennials. I'm not. I'm pro-life, <laughs> but not millennial. <laughs> I, uh, what What does uh, this House bill accomplish? What will it not accomplish? It seems like a, a very, um, the whole legislation is very, very comprehensive. Right. Yeah, it's it's incredibly comprehensive. We're hoping that um, that if this bill gets brought up in the Senate, one piece that we we think there were some protections uh, to guard against infanticide here in the state of Missouri, but we wanted to strengthen those uh, and put uh, some some criminal penalties in that as well when it comes to infanticide because that is just uh, that is, that is a disgusting practice that I think needs to be uh, discussed and I think it was discussed a little bit. Uh, in the Senate bill yesterday. So that might get included. Um, so with that, I think that would be the most comprehensive piece of pro-life, pro-life legislation ever, uh, not only in the state of Missouri, but across the United States. So um, our goal, our ultimate goal is to to save lives, to give a voice to the voiceless and stand up for the unborn who uh, have been ignored and you know said that they are not human, despite the fact that they have a heartbeat, fingers and toes, they, you know, the distinct DNA, the eye color, everything. Um, so what it would not accomplish, uh, our goal ultimately is not to go to court. It, we know it's going to get litigated. We know that the the extreme groups that were just up here yesterday cussing us out and, and just being rude and um, negative, those groups are going to challenge this. Um, so we can't prevent that. We can't prevent, uh, you know, our, our 
judicial system allows people that, that have a grievance to uh, try to litigate this stuff. So ultimately, if it does get to the Eighth Circuit or if it gets to the Supreme Court, which a lot of pundits have actually tried to criticize that this is just our attempt to get to the Supreme Court, it's not. We want to save lives, but we have a bill that's crafted um, in a way that if it does make it that far, we are very confident. We've spoken to the Attorney General. We've spoken to the Governor. Uh, we've even spoken to some um, former law clerks for Kavanaugh and Gorsuch that are, that are very pro-life as well. And we believe that this bill, if it does make it that far, is going to withstand judicial scrutiny. So uh, our, our words to those uh, pundits are bring it on. We have uh, just a little over two minutes left. What is the status of, the, the, of uh, HB 126 right now, and what's the outlook? So it's, it's in the Senate. It's uh, on the informal calendar, so they could bring it up at any time. Um, the Senate is kind of imploding, so anything can happen over there. However, I think if they do, I think if they do uh, start filibustering things, this is so important. It's a priority of everybody um, over in the Senate as far as the Republican Party that this, this could just get brought up today. So you never know. Um, ultimately, it's going to have to be PQ'd, which means uh, a member is going to have to move the previous question. It's a uh, uh, technical motion that would just uh, stop the debate, require a vote uh, right then and there, and it would ultimately shut down the Senate for an hour or so as you move through everything. So we, we are hopeful. We are about 80, 90 percent hopeful that, uh, that this thing can get brought up next week. And when it does, we know it's going to come back over here because of those little technical fixes with all the different amendments that were on there. We had a little bit of cleanup language um, that was done in the Senate. So it has to come back here. And once it gets back in my hands, I am 100 percent certain it'll go to the governor's desk. And the outlook from there, if it goes to the governor's desk. Oh, I've, I've spoken to the governor. He is <laughs> incredibly pro-life. He is so excited about this opportunity. Uh, and I think, you know, the, uh, the governor is the same age as my dad. And those generations ha- have been the ones telling us for so long that, you know, they're fed up with whether it's the federal officials or state officials, elected officials that promise these things and just can't ever get anything done in this realm when it comes to pro-life legislation. So the millennials here, and this is why I think there's so many millennials that have been hearing this from our parents, from our neighbors, from the constituents, and we go door to door. They want us to actually do what, <clears throat> whether you like him or not, Donald Trump has, uh, you know, gone through and whatever he's promised, he's, he's doing it. So. Uh, this was one of my big promises, and I'm hopeful that we're going to deliver for the uh, the people of Missouri, for the unborn. And I know, no 100%, if we put this on the governor's desk, it will be signed into law. Representative Nick Schroer, Missouri House of Representatives, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you for your work on this House Bill 126. Yeah, thank you all. And God bless. That is outstanding. That's encouraging too. Yes. And your your fellow millennials at I work am. for for yes. uh, for protecting you know for the human life or the the sanctity of human life. That's mm-hmm. uh, so very encouraging. Yeah. Um, what a joy to get to cover two very you know, two great life stories uh, today um, from Bethesda and also I mean what's happening right here in our own state as mm-hmm. well. Coming up tomorrow, um, we're going to take a look at um, we're talking Lutheran hymnody again. We tomorrow. are. <laughs> Outstanding. I'm really excited. <laughs> and, and we get to check in, check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, uh, continuing our wellness series with her as well. Thanks so much for joining us for the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.